This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. As you heard, we're starting a new series called This is the Season to Give. And um, how many know that God's season for giving to us is always? He's always blessing us and giving to us. And just this time of year should really grab our hearts because of who we belong to. And I think about what he gave us, his only begotten son. You know, you could work through all eternity and you can never match what he's done for us. Amen? And he's a giver. And God is the biggest giver of all. And he wants us to act like him. He wants us to resemble him in our actions and be givers. So we're entering that time where, can you believe it, it's going to be Christmas again. I guess I'll say Thanksgiving first, but then Christmas. I heard on the news last night that all the stores, it's not going to be any uh, Black Friday this year. It's, it's going to be all the time. All the time. They've already started it. So you can leave here and go shopping. No. I want you to give, not to the stores, but to your God. Amen? Amen. Oh, okay. Thumbs up. Okay. I didn't mean to touch a nerve when I talked about sales there at the store. I know there's going to be ladies getting some vibrations. We will pray for the husbands. Okay. So I want to talk this morning uh, about giving, and the scripture is so much. There's over 2,000 scriptures about giving that, that deals with money. Uh, there's more scriptures that deal with money than, than heaven and hell combined. And there's five times as many scriptures about money and management of money than prayer. I mean, believe it must be kind of important to God for him to mention that that much. And he knows it's important to us because we have to have money to live on. It's kind of tough without it. So we're going to look at why we tithe today. And you find a tithe all through Scripture. You can find it in the beginning at the uh, garden. And um, you're going to have to listen fast. I'm going to cover some area, but I just want to give kind of a, a summary or just a little outline about tithing. First of all, what is the tithe? Tithing is giving your first 10% of your income to God through your local church. Let me say it again. Tithing is giving the first 10% of your income to God through your local church. Tithing's not about losing 10% of your income. I had difficulty with uh, tithing because I was having trouble making it without the tithe. I was having trouble making it on 100%. And when I saw the truth of the scripture, it gripped my heart and said, I've got to do this. I kept looking for a loophole, you know, tithe unless you're in the bind. Tithe unless you have a budget that doesn't have the tithe included yet. So just wait till everything is met and you're just 
overflowing. It doesn't say that. It says to start tithing. That means we have to choose to obey. And it, it, was, it was just tough. But we took the step. And when we took the step, there was God. God showed up. That's the reason we can do the 90-day tithe challenge. And what we do, you give the tithe for three months. And if you don't see God in your finances, you get all that given back to you. We've never given it back. I had some time uh, a, a person say they wanted all their money back. They weren't even a tither. <laughs> they weren't really a regular tender. They just came and they, anyway. Tithing is about God's favor resting on our 90%. Now, one thing that tithing did cause in my life, it, it caused me to be a better steward. It caused me not to think about a budget and not to write one out and not look at much. I looked at it after that, and I became a better steward. But there was God ministering. And I find that we have so many testimonies of people that take that step, and then God moves in their life. And many times I've seen it where after the first or second time they tithe, God does something big and just shows himself strong in their behalf. Now, we can't, you know, it's not in scriptures, can't say that's going to happen to you. But many times it does because he, he's out to bless us. He loves us so much. So I want to look at a scripture that might be familiar to, to you, may not, but Malachi chapter 3 Verse 6 through 12. Verse 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Boy, that's significant right there. He doesn't change. <laughs> He's an unchanging God. Therefore, you are not consumed, those sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Now, who left? It wasn't, wasn't God. They walked away. He said, return to me. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, many have thought that... God will get you if you don't tithe. Anybody ever? I mean, the first time I read this, I said, ooh, God's going to get me. If I don't tithe, that curses and ugh, all kinds of stuff here. But I have good news for you. God is not going to get you if you don't tithe. He still loves you. You know, I, I didn't have to think about a curse. I wasn't tithing, but... I could sense God's love even when I wasn't tithing. I mean, know what I'm talking about. Jesus unveiled the Father and shows that the Father's a good Father. He's a good God. And He does not curse His children. Really? Didn't the Scripture say this? Well, we're going to look at that. 
The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Covenant, the New Testament. God's not upset with you if you kept his 10%. Let me tell you that, let me just go straight to the root, because this is just kind of a, a summary outline of why we tithe. God does not need your money. He doesn't need it. He is not under pressure. He's not sweating because you haven't tithed. He is not going, Michael, what are we, we going to do? I'm thinking about hawking the throne, the pay to know and the pearly gates. <laughs> no. God's not anywhere close to that. God is at peace. God is not in need of our money. He's after our heart. He's after our heart. And I got another truth for you. You know God believes the Bible? I know it's deep here this morning. But God believes what he says. He believes the Bible. And if your treasure is where your heart is, he believes that when you give, you're making a heart connection. There's, I've had unbelievers that have given to good things, like summer camps or different things involving God and his work, and welcomed it. Because I know if they will give some of their treasure to God, there's something supernatural about that God will start working on their heart. God believes this stuff. So he wants you to start tithing, start giving, and he will pull your heart in. And your heart will follow your treasure. Well, that's, I like that. But it says if you're withholding the tithe, you're robbing God. Are you robbing God? Yes, you're robbing God. But what are you robbing him of? You're robbing him of his ability or you're limiting him in how he can bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. You don't have room enough to receive. He wants to rebuke the devourer for your sake to get him off your ground, off your crop, off your harvest, off your treasury, off your investment, off your work, off your income, off your supply that's in the earth. He wants to rebuke the devourer for your sake. But you have to trust him. You have to believe him. You have to put him to the test. The blessings of God are not automatically coming to you unless you trust him and obey him. It's just like your own kids. You tell them to clean the room. You come and inspect the room and the room is in chaos. It's a mess. You go, this is great. I'm going to bless you for this. This is awesome. I'm so glad you disobeyed me. You get a greater blessing for that. 
No, we're, we're going to want to lock you up, parent. Something's wrong. Something didn't connect when you had those ham and egg, whatever that breakfast was. You have to believe, Father. And he's a good father, just like any father wants to bless his kids, bless his wife. The Father God's the same way. He wants to bless us. His heart is for us. But it says, you're cursed with a curse. Because you're robbing God, you're cursed. But notice here in the scripture, he didn't say he cursed you. He just says, he didn't say, because you robbed me, I'm going to curse you. No, he said, because you robbed me, you're under a curse. He's just stating the fact. You are under a curse. If you're not giving tithe and offerings to the Lord. The Bible says there's a spirit that rests on money called mammon. A spirit of greed. A corruptness to it. That's in the world. And we, when we give God our tithe and we give him offerings. He blesses that 90% from that spirit that's on money. He blesses it where, where it will increase and be multiplied to you. Where it can't be stolen. But this is what's operating in the world. And that happened, it's because of the fall. The fall of Adam. There's been a curse in the earth from the fall of Adam. The best way I can show this. I'm going to grab a little umbrella here. A demonstration of this. Imagine it's raining outside. I don't think it would be very hard to do. If you can remember when you came this morning. If it's raining and I have an umbrella, I'm not getting wet. Did I stop the rain? Is it still raining out there? Got my hand wet. It's raining. And this is all out there. But if I take the umbrella and I put it down and I start getting wet. Is it God's fault? You mean I can't blame God that I'm getting wet? No. It's because it's, the sky is full of rain. I'm getting rained on. Well, the earth or the world is under a curse. And if I'm out from under the umbrella of God's provision and protection that comes when I trust him for my finances and him to be my source and I'm putting him first in my life, I get protection from the curse that's in the earth. And I want to keep it. Once you get this and you get a revelation and you see God's hand, you don't want to lose your umbrella. You want to stay protected. How many have noticed this world is full of darkness? There's a curse in the earth. So when I don't trust... 
God with my finances. I don't tithe, give offerings. I don't yield to him. I don't put him first. I am under a curse. God's not cursing me. I put myself under what's in the earth. I started walking just like an unbeliever who's not connected with God. And they're walking around for curse. This world is under a curse. That's where, I mean, you can look at our planet. Our planet is moaning and groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. It, it doesn't, this planet was designed to operate and function in righteousness. That's why God created it to function. When it's, the land is full of unrighteousness, it starts affecting the planet. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been translated from the power of darkness. But you haven't been translated from the presence of darkness. Have you noticed there's the presence of darkness in the earth? But you've been translated from the power of that. How are you delivered? How do you stay in that deliverance? You stay connected with God. You walk with him. You obey him. You do the things he says to do. Tithing connects us to a life of provision and protection. Remember Cain. He was upset because God didn't accept his offering. And God said, if you do right, everything will be okay. I mean, here's God working with him. Said, it will be okay if you'll do right. And said, sin stands at the door, but take dominion over it. So what does Cain do? He kills his brother Abel. And there's, there's a consequence for that sin. You remember? Let me read it to you. Genesis 4.11. So now you are cursed from the earth. You're cursed. Where'd the curse come from? From the earth. Say the earth. You're cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. There was a curse since the fall of Adam. And this curse now is a part of Cain's life. Because of the consequence of his sin. And it upset him. He knew what this meant. You mean I'm on work and you know out and, and plant. And crops going to come up. And it's just going to be one little piece of fruit there. It's not going to produce. It's, the earth will not release its strength. And God. The same God. In the Old Testament, the same guy in the New Testament says, look, and he's afraid for his life. He said, somebody's going to take me out. He said, look, I'm going to put a mark on you. Nobody's going to take you out. If they do, they're going to get seven times worse from me. There's a little bit of mercy. Say mercy. That's Old Testament mercy. 
Second Chronicles 7, 14, If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways down, will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Sin affects the land. Sin affects the planet. Sin affects the weather. Sin, that rebellion to God, affects those things around us. But tithing connects me to God. His supernatural blessing on my cattle, on my crops. But see, most of us aren't. Anybody here a farmer? Most of us aren't. Somebody raised their hand. How many are um, a rancher? Well, I have good news for you. Whatever you set your hand to, the blessing is still for you. That was their work back then. Well, your work today is blessed of God when you obey and do what he says to do. It's for all of us. So in verse 10, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Storehouse, it's the same as house, the house of God. And you find this all through scriptures. You can study history. Um, hundreds and hundreds of years after the, the, the uh, book of Acts, we still see that the churches were tithing and giving to their local church. What did the local church do? It supported out missionaries and apostles and prophets to travel. It came out of the local church ministering and uh, blessing them to do what they were called to do. It said, test me in this. Now, if God says, test me, what should we do? What's the correct thing to do if he says, test me? You're brilliant. <laughs> test him. We should test him. That's being obedient to test him in this. He said, prove me. Put me to the test. Wow, that's... It's pretty awesome. And that's what got to me. So I'm going to have to test you in this. <laughs> Do we have a test? Does God test us? He didn't test us with evil. The word of God is a test. Will you obey what God says to do? So it is a test. He gives you the answer. I had a dream. I was sweating. I was taking this test. I had to pass it. I was in a room full of people. I'm taking this thing. And I'm looking at the questions. I don't know the answer. And I'm just sweating. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, turn the page. I turned the page. He goes, there's all the answers. This is great. Had all the answers filled in, made a made hundred. And he said, I provide my kids all the answers to every test. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, that was good news for me. I don't know about you. I want the answers. <laughs> God makes a promise to us where we'll know what he will do. 
Tithing is a test. But when you do it, you start to test God. And he is able to fulfill his part. He will do it. He, he's so awesome. God is so cool. He knew we'd have problems with this. He said, look, I know, the, I know you need your money. I know the world is corrupt. I know everyone's out to get your money. They're trying to get your stuff. But God says, look, I promise you, I'm not out to get your stuff. I'm out to multiply and bless you and increase you. In fact, in the, at the end of this promise, it says, I'll make you a delightful land. We should be making some other people jealous from our witness of the blessing of God in our life. That's what he promised. Hallelujah. Tithing is more about honoring God and giving him first place in our lives than about money. Let me say this. God doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. He needs your faith. But we as the church, we need your money. He said that there would be meat in my house where we could bring that spiritual food, where we could bring even natural food at times, where we could train those that are disciples that go out and do the work of ministry, where we could keep the lights on. How many know there's a pretty good utility bill for building the sites? It keeps the lights on. It gives us a place where we can come and, and comfort and gather together and hear the word of God. We need increase where we can touch and change a region for God. Where we can change the culture for God. Where we can cause people to see that God is alive and make his name famous. We need finances. But we know the pastors and elders, we know that God will supply. We want to see your barns filled up. I want to see, and we desire to see, none of your grapes falling off the vine, but your vats overflowing with new wine. None of that cheap old Boone's Farm. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble now. I, I'm talking about the new wine of God. And there's nothing like it. I'm talking about the blessing of the Lord on your life. And he says, test me. If I'll not do this, I'll prove it to you. Hallelujah. So tithing helps resource our church to fulfill what God has called us to do. So in verse 10, he said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And you can study this out. He'll give you vision. He'll give you understanding. He will show you and direct you in your destiny. He'll show you what you're called to do from those windows. He'll pour out such a blessing for you. There will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, no, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's what he promises to us. 
I want to encourage you. If you're not a tither, tithe. Test God in this. And watch what God will do. Your life will change. I got this revelation. I saw God moving in, in, in such a way that I went, and some of you heard my story, said I tithe and our utilities went off. And maybe you're not called to this. It was a difficult place. It was tithe or utilities. I chose tithe. Utilities went off. I go to work. Never forget it. I go to work. I got a $400 raise that day from a government job that does not give raises that way. I said, why is this happening? We don't know, but you got a $400 a month raise, and we don't know why. What? I told some of my friends. They said, well, no, there's some kind of mistake. Did you get a promotion or something? No. There is a set time that they evaluate and they look and they, if they're going to give a little increase, that's the way government jobs are. Anybody here work for the government? You get your raise? Well, they... Somebody didn't tell God that was in their booklet. <laughs> God didn't get that communication. It was a little humbling because I had to go to a friend of mine and said, Look, I'm going downstairs and I'm going to pay my utility bill. Can you get me hooked up quick? <laughs> and I did. I got hooked up. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Are you laying up treasures in heaven? You're not going to be regretting that when you get to heaven. You're going to be so glad you laid up some treasures in heaven. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. God is saying that as we seek him, and I, I found this, the more you fall in love with Jesus, you just can't help giving. Same with your, your wife or your, or your husband. You love them, you want to give to them, correct? And you see what God has done, and you just, you want to give. You want to bless his heart. You want to honor him. You want to worship him. But I was just thinking, and I don't need to get off course. I'll just say it real quick. Abraham was put to a test to offer up his son, which was a tithe, firstborn, first fruits, tithe, all the same, to offer up. You know, it's a reflection uh, or a type of God the Father giving Jesus the Son up. He goes and he says, We're going to the mountain to worship. First time in Scripture you see the mention 
of worship. And it's not about, hey, we're going up that mountain to worship. Uh, tell Jim, uh, bring us guitar. We need some drums. You know, We're going to worship God. None of that. It was about giving. It was about offering up the tithe, the firstborn, the first mention. And what happens? He passes the test, and there was God said, look, now I know your heart, that you will obey me. He said, I, the reason he, he took covenant with him, because I know you, you will teach your children my ways and about me. Leviticus 27, 30, I'm going to move quick. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. Lord, if you get this understanding, you know, we think, well, I just, just give. It is wholly sacred to God because he takes it as a worship. This is one of the ways that we worship God. And he takes it as a holy thing when we worship him. Tithing's by faith. Faith requires we obey God regardless of whether we understand it on the natural. And it's possible to give God 10% not be a tithe. It's got to be the first 10%. God's in the first. He's first. And when you give to something else first, you're putting it first. You're saying, that's my supply. When you write that first bill to Walmart, you're saying, oh, Walmart, how grateful I am for your resources and your supply for me. Well, Pastor, I don't feel that. That's the way God sees it. Because he's first, and you're putting someone else first, Walmart. <laughs> Moving on, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. What did Jesus say? About the tithe. It's one place. And you don't find, people say, why don't you find a whole lot of the scripture? Because it's in the Old Testament. It went through the cross. You have information that you need in the Old Testament. You know, there's not a whole lot about praise and worship and the instruments and stuff in the New Testament because it's in the Old. <laughs> the things that pass through and change, you're told about. Okay, I'm glad that thrilled you. Verse 23, what sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religion law, religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb, herb gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. He said, you should tithe, yes. If there ever was a time for Jesus to say, look, there's going to be a new covenant. You're going to forget this tithing stuff. This has been the time. But no, he says, you should have tithed, yes. But don't forget justice and mercy and faith. And I'll just cut to the chase here and tell you what it is. The Pharisees had not Learn to love God yet. Because to love God is to love his people. And they didn't walk in love. And you can give your tithe. You can give everything you own. 
And it will make no difference if you don't do it in the love of God. And there was no love here. Have you learned to love yet? Have you learned that this thing is about loving people and having mercy and justice for the righteousness of God? And having faith in what God has done for each of us. Knowing that each of us are lost and destitute without a loving Savior who came and shed his blood and gave us all for us. Because Jesus was a tithe of God the Father planted in the earth and raised up. And now we're the fruit of that seed that was planted. Look at your neighbor and say, you're some good looking fruit. Genesis 14, verse 18, we have the story of Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. He blessed him, he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abram of God, most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Abraham's called the father of our faith, and he gave a tithe to a high priest called Melchizedek. After he had won a battle in war, he took the uh, spoils of that, and he tithed to Melchizedek. Melchizedek knew a covenant because he brought out the bread and the wine. This is a, a place of covenant. Why am I talking about this? Because we're about to go to it again in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. It says, And having been perfected, became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a type of Jesus. In the New Testament, we're tithing to Jesus. Melchizedek blessed Abraham, and Abraham tithed to him. God has blessed us abundantly and now we tithe back to Jesus Christ the high priest and thanks and worship and honor to the one who has redeemed us then in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 it says here mortal men receive tithes but there he receives them speaking of Jesus of whom it is witnessed that he lives so Jesus receives our tithes in heaven every time that you tithe he receives it there what a holy thing what a sacred thing what a great thing that we get to do is give Jesus our tithe wow what a blessing to be able to do that So in that spiritual sense, tithers have their tithe received by Jesus. And it's a holy thing. Notice here the Hebrew is talking about Jesus' high priestly ministry that goes back to the order of Melchizedek. What's the order of Melchizedek? Melchizedek was not a Levite. It was before the law. It's about 500 years before the law. He was not under the law. He was not a Levite. He was not of the tribe of Levi. And he took and received the tithe from Abraham. Well, Jesus is after that same order. He's not from the tribe of Levi. He's from the tribe of Judah. And now he has been ordained and seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father as our eternal high priest who ever lives to receive our tithe and offering, receive our worship. And he receives it. And he is worshipped and blessed. And then he pours out more blessing upon us. So much that it affects and imparts four generations beyond our life. Because your life cannot contain the blessing of being a tither and putting God first with your finances. 
Hallelujah. I said a mouthful there. So here's a summary. My tithe is holy. It's in your notes. It belongs to the Lord. Tithing is giving the first 10% of my income to God through my church. Tithing is a test for me to trust God with my finances. Tithing connects me to God's supernatural provision and protection. Tithing is about me honoring God and giving him first place in my life. That's by our heads. Father, we just worship you. We thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. And Lord, you're after our hearts. I thank you that you've called us to put you first. Even in that area what we have to live on, money and finances. But you said if we would trust you, that we could test you. And you would prove yourself strong to us. And Lord, I pray for anyone here that's not taken that step. That they'll make a decision to take that step today. To become a tither. No one looking around. If that's you, I'd like for you to just lift your hand. And we're just going to all pray together and help you with this step. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. A consistent tither. Is there others? there's no condemnation see in the Old Testament they took the tithe in the new under grace we give it he receives we get the tithe now we're not under a law we're under grace Father, for each of these that lifted their hand and those that didn't, I thank you that your grace is made available to them right now. To follow through, to fill out that card and take that 90-day time challenge. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for each of them. Whether they ever tithe or ever gave an offering, your love is mighty strong towards each of them. And I thank you for them, Lord. I feel their their heart. So I was in the same place. And Father, as a church, we want to be strong. We want to pay off building. We want to see money come into the kingdom that we can do more for you. We want to feed. We want to help. We want to do much more than we're doing. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. If today you never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, He's the greatest love of your life. No one will love you like Jesus. He loves you so much that He's been pursuing you all your life. And He's seen the bad, the good, and the ugly. But He loves you. He loves us all. If you'd like, you can accept him right now and make him the Lord of your life.
And it says that he'll make you new on the inside. You start a new life, a fresh start with God and living with him. And you can learn about him. That's you with the hand lifted up. We'll just all pray together. And I embarrass you or have you come down. Anyone in this place? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray together. Let's say, I'll say this together. God, I thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me. Even in all my sins, even in all my faults, he died for me. And I receive his salvation. I receive that blood to my life. And I call Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'll follow you, Lord. I'll trust you. Help me, Lord. Be everything you've called me to be. And I thank you for saving me now. Now, God, I pray for these that have accepted you this morning, that you'll infuse them with your Holy Spirit, empower them to live the life, cause them to get plugged in, planted in to the house of God, where they can be strong and stable. And God, we give you the thanks and all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You